So after weeks of hearing everyone talk about it and everyone finishing the game before me, I finally finished Insomniac Spider-Man 2, my most anticipated video game of the past couple of years, and the sequel to my absolute favorite video game of all time. High expectations. Did it deliver? Find out in this noob game review. Hey everyone, welcome back to Movie Morning, and we're going to be doing something that we do pretty much once a year here on Movie Morning, and that is review a game, because now I feel like the tradition is to just get one superhero video game a year in the back half of the year, around September to November, and I'm here reviewing it, and usually I get them out pretty quickly, because again, there's only one game that comes out that I really want to review on here, again, there's tons of other games I play, whether that's, you know, games that kind of come out yearly, or just a couple other story games that I find interesting, hopefully some new stuff, not many sequels that I definitely do play, but there's nothing that I really want to talk about in here and that really lines up with a lot of what I'm usually talking about on here. But obviously when it came to Sony's or Marvel's or Insomniac's Spider-Man 2, that absolutely was going to be the case. I absolutely loved Insomniac's first game. Again, like I said, it might be my favorite game of all time and a game that did a lot lot for me and my love of the medium in general. Kind of just opened my eyes to what video games could be. This game expanded on so much of that. Now, Miles Morales, I believe, was one of the first games I ever reviewed on here. It's still one of the only games I've ever reviewed on here. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that, I think a lot of my thoughts on that game haven't changed like they have for so many of the other things I've reviewed, especially around that time period. I think if you go back and listen to that review, again, it's definitely a bit outdated compared to how I do things now. A lot of my thoughts, though, I think still have stayed the same. So when it comes to Insomniac Spider-Man 2, my expectations were through the roof. When the, when the day came out, I believe I played like pretty much like almost I would think over half of the main story, and then unfortunately the next day I went on ho- I went on, uh, unfortunately I was on holiday for like two weeks, and when I came back I had exams, so which means I couldn't play for another week. So last week or maybe just a couple of weeks ago, I finally finished the main story, and I've been slowly working my way, finishing all the side missions and reaching that ever coveted 100%. I've done that. I'm gonna be getting into that. This will have spoilers for the main story. Let's get into reviewing Spider-Man 2. I've been putting this off long enough. Did it deliver? Was it as good as the first game? Well, all I'll say for now, before we get into fully diving deep into everything, is that I think this game definitely continues Insomniac's hot Spider-Man streak. Three straight games that deliver such a fun experience, a satisfying story, and something that just feels special, I think, for all Spider-Man fans that we're definitely going to hold very near and dear to our, our hearts forever. And as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, after this game, the thing that I can say that I think is the most impressive is I feel like this version of Peter Parker is now, for me personally, my favorite version of the character we've ever had. Spider-Man's a character I've been loved my entire life, and I feel like this version of the character voiced by Yuri Lowenthal is the version of the character that I think is the most true to what the character was always imagined to be, but also, he's just everything I love about the character put into one. And just such a different take while feeling so iconic and, you know, true to what he's always been. This is now the definitive Peter Parker for me personally. And I, I don't see anyone ever really topping this. Because, again, this universe has just done so much right with the character. Now, getting that intro stuff out of the way... I'm going to be splitting this into two sections, this gameplay and tech stuff, and then the story and characters and kind of the cinematics. Let's start off with the gameplay, the stuff that, again, I'm not an expert on. I'm definitely, again, like I said, definitely a bit of a noob when it comes to reviewing games. 
but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try as hard as I can to convey all my feelings about how much fun I had playing Spider-Man Two, which was an insane amount. Obviously, we have the expanded map. We finally get Queens and Peter Parker's house or Aunt May's house. I absolutely loved going there, and I love the expanded map. We get more special abilities in this game as opposed to the first game. Of course, the symbiote gameplay and the anti-venom stuff is so much fun. I love that they're just special abilities and kind of your main Spider-Man fighting mechanics aren't changed too much. They're so refined and just so intuitive in the way they play, like always when it comes to Insomniac's games. And I feel like when it comes to the gameplay-wise, especially when on the special abilities, Peter and Miles are balanced very fairly, and that's done very well. And then Peter kind of has these newfound symbiote abilities and anti-venom powers, but Miles still has bioelectricity. You get a few new moves, like kind of the uppercut punch thing that Miles does, and I think that's really fun. Again, I think Peter's more fun to play. I really liked Peter with the gadgets, and I like him more than Miles, especially with the venom abilities. But I, again, I didn't really... It didn't really annoy me when I had to switch between the characters. Traversal is, again, somehow even better than the first game. And even better than Miles Morales. It's so much more fluid. And I'm absolutely just befuddled that Insomniac managed to pull that off. Adding in the gliding through the web wings, I thought was such a satisfying addition. And it felt so intuitive. It felt right, which is something I was worried about going into this game. Is Are they going to kind of overly tech out Spider-Man. He shouldn't be Iron Man just flying around. I never really got to the point of feeling that. And kind of after playing this, I almost want Insomniac to do a Superman game if Sony would ever team up with Warner Brothers to do that, which is just something that's too unrealistic to ever imagine. But I absolutely love the traversal and all the new ability, kind of all the new air tricks and diving is, of course, great. And all that stuff was super satisfying. The graphics in-engine and in-game, whether that's the cinematics or during moments where you're just playing, absolutely spectacular. I never really had any glitches when it comes to the, gla- the graphics and things not quite rendering right. I've, I've seen a couple, a bit of that online. I personally didn't have that experience whatsoever. And I felt the boss battles were greatly improved in Spider-Man 2 over Spider-Man 1 and even Miles Morales. I don't feel like they're still quite there. I feel like when it comes to doing boss battles, you have to do something innovative in terms of just making you changing the way you play as a gamer, as your favorite character, such as Spider-Man. And I feel like my favorite boss battles of all time, one of them being the Mr. Freeze boss battle in Arkham City, where once you've used an ability, you can no longer use it. Again, it's a lot slower paced than this game is, but I feel like they, but I feel like it works a bit better in something like that. I don't think we're quite there when it comes to the boss battles. My favorite one was definitely the boss battle where you had to play as Miles fighting Peter Parker because you can kind of see the the kind of the other perspective of you playing against who you are usually, usually playing as, and I just really enjoyed that. And I think they're a lot better, but again, not quite there. Now, when it comes to some of my issues when it comes to the gameplay, I think one was I feel like I was really disappointed by the loss of some of my favorite gadgets from the first game, where I definitely felt like the some of the gadgets, like for example, the trip wires are just completely gone, and I loved using that. The web bombs, I feel like they're kind of changed, but I feel like they're it's not as clear what is exactly going on. And I was disappointed that Peter didn't have some of those gadgets return. I was disappointed by 
the amount of gadgets we had in Miles Morales, and unfortunately they went in the direction of focusing more on the abilities. Again, Peter would have just been so OP with all those gadgets, but I personally did definitely miss them. And there's also some pretty dumb non-Spider-Man segments where we kind of have to play as Mary Jane, but this time she's John Wick, or you can even say she's Spock with that little, you know, like, phase gun she has or whatever. I didn't really enjoy those moments. I know a lot of people still like the MJ missions a lot more this time around. I personally still wasn't really quite there because I feel like in the first game, they were just too slow and too boring here. It just doesn't feel like Mary Jane anymore. So I think Insomniac have kind of, kind of swung in two different directions, and I think they've missed both times. And I don't imagine we're going to see more of the MJ missions again. But I did really enjoy the sequences where we get Peter Parker or Miles outside of the suit because I feel like those... Because they're not during fights, we get a lot of really cute character moments or just really fun nods to the comics. It's especially when Peter Parker is young. I loved playing as him when he was a teenager. I'll talk about that a bit more later. I Again, I just I love those moments. Like, genuinely, I absolutely love those moments. I'll talk about that a bit more later. And other than that, kind of the Spider-Bot stuff just didn't really work for me. I just got really annoyed at those moments. But other than that... This game succeeded in making me feel like Spider-Man in every way you could possibly describe. It's simple, and it's intuitive, and everything works fine. And of course, it even manages to give you an ultra-fun segment where you get to play as Venom that was extremely entertaining, but I personally don't believe it should become a full game. Maybe just give me a few more minutes with it, let me replay that mission, because there were some awesome finishers and special abilities in that. There are a couple more issues I have when it comes to the gameplay, but they very much tie into stuff in this story. So I'm going to be talking about that at the very end of this review. Let's move on to, for me, what is the most important stuff, and that is, did this deliver a satisfying Spider-Man story? So getting all into the, all the amazing, or not all, but a lot of the amazing stuff about the characters and story, there's so much I could mention here. The character work and the emotional laying, laying is amazing. But there's so much stuff to mention that there is so much stuff that I had written down in my original plan for what this review was going to be that was, I believe, like five pages long on Google Docs that was just too long to make a review of on this show. And I just did not want to do that. So I've tried to condense a lot of it. So if I'm being super general with a lot of it, it's because there is just too much. This game is too big that I'm not going to be able to cover in a review that anyone would care about listening to. But like I said with Invincible Season 2, this reminded me of the emotional emotionally layered and complex storytelling you can do because of so many of the analogies metaphors but also just commentary you can do through comic book medium and superhero stories and such as the black suit which for for those of you don't know but i think you of course have to realize that uh, that has always been a bit of a metaphor for addiction and that absolutely rings true when it comes to this story but so much of that and the relationship between the characters just reminded me of how far and how deep and how powerful you can be through storytelling not only in superhero stories but also video games and just the maturity of this spider-man story i thought was just so satisfying and so much it was so great to see peter parker not in high school but as a full-blown adult in a relationship that just works now it was so refreshing compared to just so much of what today's comics whether that's just Trying to make Peter Parker younger than he is, although that could change with Jonathan Hickman's upcoming Ultimate Spider-Man, which I can't wait to read. And all the other popular entertainment, like animated shows, movies, because we have both the Spider-Verse movies with Miles in college. 
or high school even, and then the Sony Spider-Man movies with Peter Parker still in high school after three films. And I think a lot of to do with why the story is so emotionally powerful is, of course, the vocal performances from Yuri Lowenthal in particular are just amazing and amazing. And Najee Jeter as Miles, great. Tony Todd as Venom, perfection. Laura Bailey does a great job as MJ. But just when it comes to the story, it is unbelievably cinematic. And Insomniac is so good at pulling from all these different amazing storylines, whether that's stuff from Spider-Man 3, stuff from the original web of Spider-Man, after kind of the you that kind of became kind of the main bits of where the blacksmith stuff would go and then how he eventually I believe Web of Spider Man number one was the issue where Peter Parker tore off the symbiotes and stuff that comes back from there that I just loved seeing. Made me so happy as a massive Spider Man fan. And the story just has has this kind of escalating tension to it. And this web of conflicts and payoffs that is set up so well in the opening act and builds up all the characters just to tear them down or just to build them up again or just completely tear them down entirely or just not tear them down and just make them even better than they already are. This web of just character relationships where we've got Peter Parker and MJ trying to continue the relationship but that maybe both of them aren't quite ready to commit as much as they should be or Peter again meeting Harry again after him coming back into his life after having that disease. There's so much character work being done that is so good that I just wish the movies were on this level because the cinematics in this game are absolutely magnificent and they're at their best when they're focused on the characters. And the way the villains are set up, this mo- this game has one of my favorite versions of Craven of all time and I think he only gets better throughout his appearances in the game and when you finally learn why he's doing what he's doing and just how much they tie back to in the comics, how much they reference, for me it was so satisfying. This is one of my favorite versions of that character we ever had. And I think it works really well in tandem with the symbiote storyline. And of course, the iconic Craven's Last Hunt storyline. While Peter, I don't think, was wearing the symbiote anymore. He was wearing the black suit. Just not kind of the symbiote version of it. Of course, we don't quite get that in this game. But I feel like they are weaved together very well. And kind of this... The story of second chances, of characters being given second chances no matter what they've done, felt so well fleshed out. And I think those, the Craven side and the kind of the black suit Spider-Man side works really well. And one of the things I love about this universe is that it's such a lived-in Spider-Man universe where there's lore. Spider-Man has fought characters like Vulture, like Mysterio, like Scorpion. And they're coming back into his life while we're getting iconic villains that he's never faced. Like in this case, Venom. And kind of the eventual reveal that that happens with that. Or Mr. Negative, or Doc Ock, or maybe soon Green Goblin, but not in this game. And of course, there's teases of other characters like Carnage. And I thought, think the usage of the villains is so satisfying. Because again, there's characters, again, who he has fought. There's characters who he hasn't fought. And I feel like the audience getting a mix of meeting some of Peter Parker's most iconic foes for the first time, but also reuniting with them because we've been experiencing Spider-Man stories for so long, it feels like it's a really nice balance. And again, I just love the way this game incorporated elements from Peter Parker's early years, such as in school with Harry, and that side mission where you had to deliver a newspaper to J. Jonah Jameson while you were riding through New York. Probably my single favorite side mission in the whole game. Not Maybe not like the best, but it just made me so happy as a Spider-Man fan. And some of the... Side missions in this game, 
I think kind of surpassed a lot of the main story, and I'll get into some of my qualms with the main story in just a bit, but kind of the Howard mission, and also I believe it's the Finding My Grandpa mission or whatever it was called, some of the most emotionally powerful stuff I've ever played in a video game, and the Howard mission in particular almost reduced me to tears, and I have never ever gotten as close to crying as I did in the video game in that moment, along with a couple bits from Spider-Man 1, but genuinely such brilliant and such heavy stuff in a game that is overall such a joy to play but it all feels so well layered in this game it is funny when it needs to be again it, some of the writing is definitely pretty corny but i feel like with spider-man that's kind of the charm again in this game it has epic stakes again it builds up so well and i feel like the escalation of the story and things getting crazy feels right a lot of the reveals that happen with craven and kind of what he's experiencing and about him having he, him being sick and just wanting one foul satisfying hunt works. Harry getting the Agent Venom. Such an unexpected twist and so welcome. We had Miles, of course, writing his personal statement or his college essay. I'm applying the game. But that just felt too close home considering what I'm doing right now. And other than that, there's so many great moments. Like when Peter first puts on the symbiote, the Coney Island segments were so good. Kind of the missions with the lizard and Dr. Kurt Connors bringing him into this. Such a satisfying mix of awesome Spider-Man stuff. And all with all that, the character arcs still work. We have the Miles and Mr. Negative storyline, which while I think Miles overall was shortchanged in the main story, that part was the highlight of his story in this game. And Peter and MJ have a complete journey from the first game and then meeting it the first time while he's you know investigating the negative stuff in the first game to this. It feels so satisfying. So much of this game on a story and character level is the best I've ever played. Not only from Insomniac Spider-Man, but from video games in general. But I don't think it's quite as perfect as the first game on that front. And because of that, I think it does fall slightly short of the first game. And I'm going to be giving it to some of my issues right now. What I will say is the changes made to the Venom story, making Harry Venom and making Venom the symbiote kind of the cure to harry's disease but also kind of having this element of the symbiote wanting companionship and wanting you know to not be alone i love that change and kind of incorporating something an actual like making the symbiote an actual character i do think there are there it's just the third act of this game just gets too messy and it's so chaotic and craven kind of feels wasted as a result because i feel like craven in this game had more potential to be even better than Venom was. But I feel like, unfortunately, because we wanted so bad to introduce Venom and sell more copies of this game, killing Craven off and letting Venom kill him just felt a bit anticlimactic considering the buildup that has come. Although I love the fight we had between Venom and Craven. I just feel like after all that buildup of Craven wanting a true opponent, wanting to fight Spider Man, him just getting this big giant goo monster beat him up, I thought it was a little unsatisfying. And you kind of run into the issue you get in my opinion, with every single symbiote Spider-Man story or Venom and Spider-Man story, and that is that there just isn't enough time of Peter in the symbiote too, whether that's one of my favorite versions of the story ever in Spectacular Spider-Man, where he's just not in the symbiote suit enough for the consequences to really matter or what Peter's done to really be a big deal, or Spider-Man 3 in particular, which ran into a lot of issues because of this. And then even then, once we actually get Venom... While he's obviously in this game more than Venom is in Spider-Man 3, I have a feeling if you looked at this game, 
and how much Venom is in it as a proportion of the whole game, I think it would end up being kind of similar to how much Topher Grace was in costume as Venom in Spider-Man 3, just as a proportion of the entire product. And here, I just think there isn't enough time of Venom being Venom, but there also isn't enough time of Peter in the black suit, again, for a lot of the things he does to be truly terrible because they stack up and his life goes so badly. I don't think we ever got the point of reaching that, and it feels like a missed beat. And I do feel like Insomniac tried to cram just a few too many Venom storylines into the final act. We were bringing some elements from Absolute Carnage. We're also doing King in Black in certain elements, especially the symbiote nest, and I'm like, that's such a recent storyline. Bold move to draw from it, and I respect it. But I feel like we shouldn't be going there yet. I don't think we've had enough time with Venom. And I feel like the game might have been better off just focusing on Craven and leaving the Venom stuff to the third game. Where you can do all these storylines you want to do that are awesome. And I would love to see them. But none of them are quite given enough time. And I do think it loses some of the emotional satisfaction in the final act because of this. And I do feel like Venom is kind of wasted in this regard, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the symbiote storyline in general. And I do think this game does it better than most we've seen, aside from maybe the comics and the way they did it in the original Amazing Spider-Man and Web of Spider-Man. But when this game hits, it still really does hit, and the emotions hit really hard. I don't think they, they're, hard, they're quite as hard as they could have been if they stuck more to a direction. And that's why I said earlier that the whole... Symbiote Spider-Man and Craven stuff weaves together really well, but I didn't mention Venom because I do feel like while I love Tony Todd as Venom, it felt like we kind of just introduced him to sell more copies rather than just kind of stick to Craven and trust that he was going to be a satisfying main villain. Another thing that a lot of other people have mentioned is that Miles definitely feels unfairly sidelined in the second act of the main story. This is definitely a Peter Parker story first, and I like that because I'm a bigger fan of Peter Parker, and I just think he's the more interesting character. There's a reason he was created 61 years ago, I believe now, and he's still just as popular as he ever has been because he's just such a meaningful character. He's so relatable, and I just love this character so much. Miles is only like 12, I think 13 or 14 years old in terms of when he was created in the comics, and I don't think he quite has enough storylines to really carry more than one or two movies one or two stories in games on their own. And because of that, Insomniac is going to run into issues of just doing Peter Parker stories. And I think this game does fall into that trap, but I'm personally okay with it because I feel like it went better because of that. But I could see a lot of people feeling cheated if Miles is the Spider-Man they prefer. For me personally, I think it's pretty hard to have that opinion considering the way the two characters are portrayed. Love Naji Jeter as Miles in this game. But I do think it makes the game feel very messy when you're trying to force in another Spider-Man that has largely nothing to do with a lot of the most important relationships in this game, like between Peter and MJ and between Peter and Harry. And there's just some really weird third act choices. Like having Miles be the one to defeat Venom, I thought was pretty unsatisfying. And some other stuff that bugged me a little bit was there were some gameplay elements I didn't thought didn't really feel like Spider-Man. One of those being the overly teched out suits and kind of the Iron Spider arms, which I'm just completely tired of. Let's just get rid of them entirely from any Spider-Man medium. I'm sick of them. And kind of all the gadgets and everything that Spider-Bots and stuff like that. I'm okay with the gadgets, but having the Spider-Bot and just having, you know, Peter Parker just having like suit functions, I just thought that didn't really feel 
like Spider-Man. I don't think the experience is quite as pure as the first game. I think it gets too much against sci-fi and gooey in the final act. Again, part of my issue is with how messy it gets. Visually, I feel like it just completely loses itself. And another thing I thought I was pretty mixed on was the parry mechanic used in the action and kind of the combat sequences where you can kind of click L1 to do like basically a Batman Arkham counter move. And I don't really think this quite worked. I left it for here because I feel like it doesn't really represent Spider-Man accurately. Batman is a martial artist. He's a fighter. He trained with ninjas. He trains with the League of Assassins, for God's sakes. But Spider-Man is not a fighter. He's not, like, he's not a trained combatant. He is super acrobatic. He does have super strength, technically. He has the proportional you know, strength of a spider. But... He isn't a skilled fighter, and he shouldn't really have the ability to, you know, kind of be able to parry people at such great timing and kind of push back at them and bounce what they're doing and counterattack the way Batman does. And it's kind of what the parry mechanic felt like, but it also felt so unintuitive and just in conflict with the dodge, where for dodging, it just kind of makes sense because against Spider-Man acrobatic, he's super quick, but he doesn't have fighting abilities. So when we have to press both circle and l1 i think the game is finds it very hard to convince you that l1 should be a part of spider-man's arsenal and i know a lot of people when the first spider-man game encounter were kind of missing that whole counter thing but i feel like with the arkham games and especially arkham knight those you know fight fight or though you know the combat is so good because you're able to control the pacing with how you know you how often you do critical strikes whether you use finishers or not with these games, they're just so fast-paced that I don't feel like the parry mechanic and kind of the counter really works. And But that's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people really enjoyed that aspect. That was one aspect of the gameplay that I know is more specific than the rest of this review has been. But that was one part that didn't quite work for me. And I do still think a lot of the side content is a little empty. And I did wish for a bit more actual meaty side stories although i did love the surprise appearance of characters like chameleon and carnage i just wish they were more than sequel setups and a lot of them such as having to collect spider bots again still felt a little cheap and kind of definitely felt like padding which was disappointing i know i'm harping on my issues a little bit but i truly love this game i had an absolute blast playing marvel spider-man 2 there's stuff it's better at than the first game like the gameplay like the side content, but I don't feel like the overall story is quite as tight and the emotional impact is quite as hard. But on a character level, all the arcs work. It feels like Spider-Man. I had just so much fun. I had so much experience, so much joy playing this game. There's not much in 2023 that made me more happy than a lot of the gameplay elements in this game and a lot of the story elements and seeing one of my favorite versions of Kraven we've ever had and having these two Spider-Man just having such a great story told about them together is just so satisfying. Even if I don't think it's quite as perfect as the first game overall. And I know, again, a lot of the side content is better. But I personally just value different things than maybe a lot of other people do when playing these games. And when it comes to, for me, the story overall in the first game was just stronger than this game. I'm going to give Marvel's Spider-Man 2 a 9 out of 10. And when it comes to recommending this game, if you've wanted to play it, you've played it by now, you probably finished it long before I did. 
but this is absolutely going to go down as one of the best games of 2023, even though I definitely haven't played the other big contenders. And I definitely would not be shocked if it won a couple of video games, won a couple of things at the VGAs in a couple of weeks. And I cannot wait to get more from this universe. And a lot of the setups for Spider-Man 3, I cannot wait to see play it. I'm so curious to see whether we get another Insomniac Spider-related title in between now and then. But until next time, thank you so much for listening to this extended review. I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.